Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we talk to authors um, and uncover almost every single thing about their lives just in five simple questions. It's very enlightening just to ask people different questions and see what they come up with. Just kidding. We really just talk about writing. Um, my guest today is um, an author that I really admire, that I've known for quite a long time, and I'm really thrilled to be um, working with her now in a different capacity. It's Linda Lovely. Hi, Linda. Hi, Sean. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. Sound good. Um, I'm just going to do a brief bio for those that may not have met you, although I can't imagine not everyone hasn't met you yet, but here we go. Uh, Linda is a, journal, a journalism, journalism major in college. Linda Lovely has spent most of her career working in PR and advertising. An early introduction to pending fiction with neighbors like these is Lovely's ninth mystery suspense novel. Whether she's writing cozy mysteries, historical suspense, or contemporary thrillers, her novels share one common element, smart, independent heroines. We love that. Humor and romance also sneak into every manuscript. Her work has uh, earned nominations for a number of prestigious awards and ranging from the Romance Writer of Romance Writers of America, RWA, that's correct, right? Right. RWA. Golden Heart for Romantic Suspense to Killer Nashville's Silver Falchion for Best Cozy Mystery, and that is very prestigious. A longtime member of Sisters in Crime and former chapter president, Lovely also belongs to International Thriller Writers and Mystery Writers of America. For many years, she helped organize the Writers Police Academy, and that's where we met face to face for the first time and that's a very cool um, event. She lives on a lake in upstate South Carolina with her husband and enjoys swimming, tennis, gardening, long walks, and of course reading and writing. I'm sure you have to with all those books, huh? <laughs> so um, we will launch right into the questions to get started. Um, First question for you, how did your writing career get started? And that's a perfect question for you since you've had such a long, illustrious career. So how did it get started for you? Well, as you mentioned, I was a journalism major in college and I um, planned on going into reporting. Uh, that didn't work out. Um, I married Dan Lovely in college. And uh, when we uh, got out in the world, uh, the news organizations would not hire a husband and wife at the same uh, newspaper. So uh, that's when I went into PR and uh, doing marketing and uh, stayed there uh, until I could afford not to make money. <laughs> and then I started writing fiction in addition to uh, doing the anything for a buck. Uh, writing, which included speeches and brochures, uh, thousands of magazine articles. Um, but uh, how I actually got to writing books, I was hired to write an as told to uh, book. And uh, my um, clients, um, I wasn't very smart in putting together the contract. And we had a, a very good agent in New York and I had five chapters written and the book outlined and um, they were basically paid off by their family not to write the book. <laughs> so at that point, I decided that in the future, I knew I now could write a book and I was going to write ones that I had totally con total control of and that were totally fiction. So um, that's when I started working on the first of those nine books. 
Wow. That's cool. Well, if, maybe if you had married a guy like named Dan Smith, <laughs> he could have been like, he's not my husband. What do you mean? We have a very common name. So. Well, I am not married to Dan Lovely. I have been married to Tom Hooker now for 45 years. Um, and uh, I was already writing under Linda Lovely and becoming Linda Lovely Hooker was not an option. So, <laughs> Well, I think you need to write the Lovely Hooker series. That would be, <laughs> that's the next thing we'll do. That's hilarious. Can you just maybe, well, you're not going to get married again, I would presume, but I don't think so after this long a time. <laughs> <laughs> so you have an adverb and then, a, you know, a profession. So you'd have to think of the next thing. That, that'd be hilarious. Anyway, I, I make my, I crack myself up. Okay. Which comes first for you, the plot or the characters? Usually a theme comes first. Uh, if it's a series, uh, it's always the theme that comes first. Uh, in this, it's the homeowner associations. And then I think about what characters would logically work uh, to be involved in exploring that, that theme. I have uh, met so many people, um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, for the second book in the series, though, you have your characters already set. So then it moves to thinking about what the plot's going to be uh, next. But uh, I, for example, uh, in addition to homeowner associations, the last series I wrote uh, was a cozy mystery series that uh, was uh, a vegan heroine who lived on a goat dairy farm. And uh, I got the idea, idea for that series from a vegan doctor who talked my husband and I into being vegan for two years. But at that point, we couldn't give up cheese any longer. So, um, but we got lots of razzing from relatives. Uh, and so I decided this, this series would have a, a vegan heroine and have her friends all be carnivores. So. <laughs> Um, but at any rate, each series and or standalone, usually the theme, uh, over overall theme comes first. Mm -hmm. So, the, um, this new one, and how did you arrive at the premise of this new series that you're writing currently that, and tell us a little bit about the first book. Uh, I had, uh, I've lived in a homeowner association four different times, four different homeowner associations. And uh, because people are telling you what you can and can't do with your property, there is an inherent uh, conflict built in uh, if you don't like what they're telling you you can't do. So um, it can get very uh, tense and um, lots of uh, fights that are probably almost like domestic uh, fights in terms of being uh, vicious because it is so personal to people. So um, that was, I then met an individual who actually managed multiple homeowner associations. And I thought, ooh, wow, <laughs> would they see a lot? So that gave me the idea for um, someone being involved in a homeowner association management company. And uh, I wanted to set this down on the coast in the South Carolina low country. I had lived there for 12 years and loved the area, go back a number of times. And it is populated by dozens and dozens of homeowner associations. 
uh, none of the ones in my book are real. They're all fictional, but uh, I can't imagine that that area doesn't have as many um, homeowner association dust-ups as they do in other parts of the country. So um, with neighbors like these, basically uh, the heroine is a Coast Guard investigator who has just retired and lives on a boat in Beaufort, South Carolina. And uh, her friend from childhood owns a homeowner management company. And when there's a death, uh, he recruits her to help him as a security um, consultant. So she's involved and then we go on from there to um, the shenanigans inside homeowner, homeowners associations and trying to figure out if the motivation for the deaths is actually uh, within the homeowner association or if it's somebody using that as a screen to um, hide the real motive. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a very intriguing premise because, you know, you have, I can see both sides because you want to live in a neighborhood where people aren't like, you know, putting giant chickens in their front yard or whatever, but you also <laughs> like, you know, it's your property in your home and you want to have your own, you know what I mean? Like I can see totally like why the thing exists, but it can, it can be uh, disgruntling to have someone come and tell you how to live too. I think the most, what, what I hear the most is people that have actually read their covenants, moved into a homeowners association, and then new people come in and they want to change the rules that they bought under. And I think that's where you have the most uh, conflict is, um, with people deciding that the neighborhood should be different than the one that they bought into. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes it when you move the goalpost. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like, that will tick you off. Trust me. Yeah. My sister has a home, um, a home gym in her, at her house. And, uh, I don't know. I heard that. Well, one of the neighbors complained, I guess, about the people coming in and out all day long. And then I, she told me about that. And then a couple, like a couple months later, I'm like, oh, whatever happened to that guy that was uh, complaining? I think he was complaining to HOA about her home business, her gym. And uh, she's like, oh, he had, he died. He had a heart attack. <laughs> I was like, he didn't go to the gym enough. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, well, I'm changing this subject because I'm a crime writer. I'm like, did you kill that guy? No, <laughs> she, she didn't kill the guy. Um, I don't think so. Anyway, so the next question for you is, has anything you've written surprised you? In other words, huh, you had no idea something was going to happen and it just showed up on the page. I love this question because every answer is always so fascinating to me. The answer is absolutely. Um, and part of it is research related. Um, I love the research involved in writing fiction, have lots of fun doing it. Um, I wrote a romantic thriller that was set in Jamaica and my brother-in-law had told me about uh, caves there. And he said, ooh, they'd be a good place to hide a body. And I said, okay. And I got in touch with the Jamaican Caves Organization. And we started a sort of pen pal relationship. And he sent me all kinds of videos of descents into caves. And uh, that book uh, ended up having um, probably a third of it taking place inside caves and chases and what have you. And it was lots of fun to write. Um, a premise for, um, I was, there is a goat yoga, there's a, a yoga, uh, there's a goat dairy very near my, um, 
hometown here. And uh, so they were offering goat yoga classes. And I thought, ooh, this is uh, too good to be true. So I went out and took goat yoga. And then I was online looking at uh, what people had to say about goat yoga classes in other parts of the country. And I found a reader who was saying that it was devil worship. Mm-hmm. And that, um, and I thought, ooh. <laughs> so that gave me a whole different plot uh, twist and of uh, religious um, fanatics protesting uh, goat yoga. And um, then in this particular book, um, I've done a lot of research on homeowner associations, obviously, and have found some interesting um, uh, things that people are feuding about. But I also, in doing research on the low country and some of the islands, uh, came across uh, that marsh tacky horses, uh, which are very special, uh, were being bred in a number of low country locations. So that gave me an idea actually for a very exciting end to this book in terms of um, involving the, the horses. So the research a lot of times uh, will start me going. And then as I'm writing a scene, I a lot of times don't know exactly where it's gonna end, but it just sort of comes to me. And that's what makes the writing so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely shows up on the page when it's something that you've been inspired by. And and I think that's what readers really appreciate. It's, you know, you just, you're not just writing about whatever, like it's something that's really interesting to you. That is so funny. I've done goat yoga too. And it's, I've never heard that. And that makes, I cannot believe that's hilarious. I can't wait to dive. I need a deep dive into that whole, that whole uh, thought process of why it would be devil worship. That's so funny. Um, yeah, the only thing they had told me was just, you know, if they pee on you, just get over it, basically. Like, don't worry about it. It's just going to be, it's just a little pee. It's just pee. Yeah, the baby <laughs> goats uh, just walk all over you, sort of. And I've, I've got one picture on my website where uh, one of the mama goats is chewing on the back of my shirt while I'm trying to do the yoga and laughing. Uh, there was a lot more interaction with goats than there was actual yoga when I was there, but it yes. was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was mostly people just laughing at the goats and trying to do like down dog while the goats are up, yeah. up, on, up on your back. But it was really fun. We I did mine at a local winery here. And then of course we just drank wine all afternoon and I don't remember anything after that, but I remember the goats, <laughs> I remember the goats were really fun. They were so, they were super cute. So um, cool. So um, I always ask sort of like a non-writing question at the end, but it always ends up being something to do with writing. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? And don't say a lovely hooker. <laughs> <laughs> well, that had been one of mine, no. Um... <laughs> you just ended up that on, on by accident. <laughs> well, this will tell you my age, but um... Mom always watched Perry Mason. And so I watched Perry Mason with her. And uh, so when I was growing up, I really wanted to be a trial lawyer. And um, in fact, uh, my first year in college, I was in poli sci until I transferred over to journalism and was planning to be a lawyer. But at that point in time, I talked with a number of attorneys in my hometown, um, which is Keokuk, Iowa, a small town. And they basically said, uh, Linda, you don't have money. <laughs> you don't have family connections. 
um, you will probably get hired, but you will probably be doing research and not being a trial attorney. Now, if I had not listened to them, um, things dramatically changed and I might have done quite well as a, an attorney. But at the same time, when I was in college, I uh, made friends in the journalism school and uh, Bob McVeigh uh, kept saying to me, Linda, your writing is so good, you ought to be in journalism. And I've never regretted making that change. Um, uh, I, in high school, I had done all of the debate and speaking engagements. And um, I think in many ways, it's similar. You're still telling a story, a point of view, and uh, uh, actually you have a lot more freedom than you would have had as an attorney. Yeah, I, and I totally, um, I'm with you on that because I think a lot of, it's, it's similar, the, the professions, because a lot of writers would have been lawyers or were lawyers or, you know, had that in mind if, if I did, you know, had that in mind as a career, but it really yeah. is, it's persuasive speak, it's persuasive speech. So it's sort of like in, in a courtroom, you're persuading someone to yep. see your side of a case and in writing, you're persuading someone to enjoy themselves or to believe in a character or to believe in a scenario or, you know, it's very, it's very, there's a lot of crossover. It's very, yeah similar skill set. So that's cool. Well, they were, they were dumb, but you know, like you said, <laughs> you followed the path he followed and here we are today. You yes. Podcast probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guessing you wouldn't have been here today, but, um, well, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I thought about law school as well, but it was like, uh, well, I already paid for undergrad. I'm too tired. <laughs> okay. So at the end we do like a little, um, it's not the end you can talk, we can talk for hours. But we, I'd like to do a little rapid fire quiz. It's become a thing. I can't let it go. So you just have to do it. You have to bear okay. it. Okay. <clears throat> Question one, beach or mountains? Did you say beach or mountains? Mm -hmm. uh, beach. Beach? Yeah, I like the beach too. I'm going to the beach next week. Yay. <laughs> Cake or pie? Pie. Is that a Southern thing? Uh, probably I said pie because uh, my blueberry bushes are in season. I've picked 15 gallons and I've already made four blueberry pies. <laughs> of course, then natural. You're not just making it up. That's true. You have fact behind it. See, you're an attorney. Morning person or night owl? Uh, it's switched. I was a night owl when I was younger. Now I'm a morning person. Okay. Um, dogs or cats? Neither. I'm allergic to both. Oh. <laughs> well, put yourself in a, yeah, keep yourself away then. That's good. That must be a bummer. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people have pets only. Can you go to their house? Like, you know, most of my, half of my friends have uh, some kind of pet. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Cool. Me too. I am a coffee-aholic. All right. What's, uh, well, we have a, the final question is what's going on with you now? We know that the new book is coming out or has come out, has come out, right? I don't know what day it is ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a pandemic. The pandemic, like, just totally, I was, I'm just, I, w I woke up and the sun is up. I guess I'm just going to go to work. I don't know anything else that's happening when summer's around too, especially because I don't have to get anyone to school. So what's up for you next? What are you up to? Anything well, else? I'm working on book two in the series and uh, having fun with that. And again, having fun with doing some research for it. So oh. do you have a title for the second one? I've been struggling with that. Um, the, the opening scene, uh, actually the heroine is on her boat when she discovers things, but I, I wanna keep neighbors in the title and I'm 
I've been playing with different options, but no, I don't have one yet. Okay. Because it's such a great title. I was wondering. It is. It is. The neighboring shores or I don't know, whatever. (laughs) You have to, we'll have to, we'll have to workshop it. Okay. Well, you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad. Take care.